0: Good evening. Thank you for joining us as we take you once more back to the pictures, a movie review podcast by three university friends taking you on an adventure through time and space. Not to be confused with the popular Einstein theory, rather, we're discussing an era in our lives where we had an abundance of time and space. The three of us lived, studied, and raved together as Manchester students between 2005 and 2009, and when we couldn't be found on campus or at legendary Manchester venues such as M2, Font Bar, Subspace, and Popolinos, we could be found at home watching the shit out of a ton of movies. Now in our 30s, we have regrouped and decided to re-watch all the films we originally watched together at uni, sometimes with glee, often with gloom, but always with humour. Join us as we... Resurrect, review, reconsider, motion pictures, movies, films, flicks, and features, of course, from a simpler time. I am one of your hosts, Ben. You know, sometimes when you cage the beast, the beast gets angry. Rose.
1: I'm Anton. Wolverine. I hear you're quite an animal. Ogundimu.
0: And I'm Ian.
2: I came for Jean
0: Green. Uh, so mine mine and Anton's definitely like epitomise how bad the dialogue is in this film but Ian's Ian's is a good that's a a great slogan I came for I came for G. it's got got many different it's got many different interpretations and layers I came came for
2: Gene works quite well I think that sums up Logan's story quite well for this movie do you you think there
0: are um, like porno stars out there that have fans and when they turn up at events the fans have like signs that read I came for like Carmen I came for Jane I came for Pamela (laughs) That's,
2: that's brilliant I think Logan's voice a uh, game for Gene <laughs> you know yeah. that deep gruff
0: <laughs> just just it, it sounds like it was written by a five-year-old it's like you know when a beast is caged,
2: beasts get angry it's <laughs> like really that's, that's very very original it seems like they had too many writers and they just took the best one-liners of the, all of them oh. I think that's the problem oh, with this the production
1: movie. of this is oh the production of this is uh, a story yeah <laughs> oh, it's yeah. a story
0: Tell me, Dr. Agundamu, where are we going this time? The year is 2006, and it's
1: X-Men The Last Stand. Or X-3. Or X-Men 3. I did suffer a bit trying to find the film.
2: Or... <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm not even... That's 100%. <laughs> 100%. So many names. <laughs> but they, there's only three names on the three names. So it's all about threes. <laughs> that's the hidden... Mini. Theme of this film is three. I uh,
0: I always named it X Men Three. I cannot stand. That's so funny because I, I didn't realize that was. <laughs> I didn't realize
1: that um, it was on Disney Plus. So like searching for the, of course legal version, on on the apps. Um, every time I played X Three, it wouldn't find it, and it was like X Men Three wouldn't find it. And he put X-Men and uh, something that I thought was Final Stand. So I kept putting X-Men Fi and it kept showing first class. I was like, why is the internet trying to hide this film? Is it that bad?
2: She's <laughs> 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 protecting you.
0: This is the concluding film in a trilogy that uh, single-handedly reignited the superhero genre at the worldwide box office. And it cannot be understated how important this trilogy, this X-Men trilogy, is to what we now enjoy um, in in superhero films. It gave studios the confidence to go back to the well that they thought had been um, obliterated. Uh, So superhero movies, as we know, exploded onto our screens uh, with 1979 Superman, and we've covered that franchise in a previous episode. Uh, Batman 89, that franchise was to follow, and it kick-started the... Uh, adaption of other comic book properties being um, put into film, but really strange choices. Like the nineties was filled with non Marvel, or if it was Marvel, it was properties that you wouldn't expect, like Men in Black, The Mask, uh, Blade, The Crow, Spawn, Judge Dread, right? But um, anyway, if it was Batman eighty nine that really shot superhero movies into the stratosphere. It was Batman and Robin, which is the third sequel of Batman '89, to bring it crashing back down to earth, at least temporarily.
1: There's, there's like some kind of film trilogy thing. Like when when did when did I should I should probably, I should probably actually check this. When did Spider Man come out? Two
0: thousand and
1: two. So Spider Man came out, or and Spider-Man again was another one. Or was so, it? Uh, or was we should it? probably just
0: we should probably just look this up. Spider Man. Spider-Man came out in 2002. Boom! There you go.
1: 2002, we nailed it. It's 2002. So, again, another film that was rocket fuel for the superhero genre. Well, I mean, and so, another film.
0: Well, so, Spi- Spider-Man definitely, Spider-Man definitely was a uh, was a child of X-Men. Like, so X-Men hit in 2000, and it took everyone by surprise. It was it was different this time. It wasn't like how it was in '79 or '89. Um, exactly. It wasn't just exactly. an entertaining film, and it wasn't just a money maker. It was both of those things, and it had a thematic depth and gravitas, unlike the still hugely, you know, magnificent Batman '89 and, and Superman '79. Those were great films in their own right, but suddenly every studio wanted their own X Men. Um, but that's, exactly. that's a story for another time.
2: I think we're forgetting also the sledgehammer that was Ghost Rider,
0: 2007, so, uh... What? What? <laughs> what? The sledgehammer that was... What? <laughs> sledgehammer.
1: <laughs> oh what? That's
0: Ian, so you're, you're saying that Ghost Rider was any worse than Daredevil? <laughs> Oh wow! Okay, you upped up to be a daredevil.
1: I'm, I'm oh, gonna, I'm gonna. You know, what? I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna put it out there. I don't know <laughs> if it was just young naivety, whatever. I didn't think Daredevil was that bad. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> I don't know if it's just the. I don't know if it's just the. Elektra was bad. It,
2: this is, daredevil.
1: Electra was horrendous, but I think it's one of those things where, again, I reckon if I watch that film now, maybe, maybe, maybe we need to put this on the, uh, on the, on the. On the podcast, I reckon if I watch that film now, I probably go and like you know wear sackcloth and beat myself uh, <laughs>
0: in repentance <laughs> for, for those last <laughs> lines. <laughs> so um, yeah, X Men: Last Stand came out twenty sixth of May, uh, and it made some money, it made a four hundred fifty nine million worldwide, um, mm-hmm. and that was at the time the most expensive film ever made on a budget of two hundred ten million. Calendar.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: critically, it was really confused because a good portion of the audience found it reprehensible, you know, while others liked it. But uh, Anton, you tell, tell us the troubled production, probably starting with uh, how we ended up with Brett Ratner.
1: I'm generally like, okay. <laughs> so, unfortunately, there's a small film we're going to have to revisit that we've already done on this podcast.
0: No, please don't do it. Please don't do it. And it was first called Superman Flyby. Don't say it. (laughs) And then he called (laughs) it Superman fly. (laughs) Superman (laughs) Flyby.
1: Like, genuinely, I think this is partially not what confused me, because it didn't confuse me, but what probably made the understanding so difficult. So obviously, Bryan Singer did great. X1, X2, right? And then decided, you know what? I need to expand my superhero repertoire. And what is the biggest superhero ever? Let's face it. I mean, arguably, but we all know in terms of the historical Superman and the the emblem and what it stands for. So is that okay? Cool. I want to do that. Is that okay? So I'm going to leave X Men Three. What I'm going to do? I'm going to take Cyclops with me. So then we listen to this list of people (laughs) that they that they wanted to do shit for. So they started off... Uh, and by the way, one of the things that was done with this as well is they hadn't signed a contract. or loads of the actors hadn't signed a contract for the third film. So they didn't even envision a third film. And and to be fair, what Brian Singer kind of had, actually had a thought for the third film, like the treatment was, was brilliant, actually. Not far off this, but very different take. But again, like I said, okay, so cool. So we had to re-sign all the actors. We had to get all their contracts out. We had to get people on. Um, the brilliant... Um, Kelsey Grammer, who was so excited, I actually auditioned for the role. Never auditioned for a role in like twenty years, but he was literally that excited. And let's face it, he was one of the most perfect choices. I remember literally talking to Ben about that. But listen to listen to the 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 directors that they went to. So they started off was like, okay, let's let's start start off with Darren Aronofsky, right? Aronofsky, because Hugh Jackman had because he had uh, approval of director as part of his contract, right? Then they went with Joss Whedon, who wrote the comic book storyline *Gifted*, which obviously played a part in this actual film itself. You know, the whole cure thing. Yeah. He was like, nah, I want to do Wonder Woman." Oh, okay, cool. Um, Rob Bowman and Alex Proyas, and then Proyas turned it down because he had a feud with 20th Century Fox. Zack Snyder. He didn't do it because he wanted to go do *300*. Funny enough, so I you thought you were going to say because it wasn't dark. Enough. Good choice. Solid choice. <laughs> Then Peter Berg, do it. but then he turned it down. Guillermo del Toro, yeah. who then was like, so I'm doing Pan's Labyrinth. And then in February, 2005, That's they still had no director. No director. And then Fox announced that a release date of May, of May 5th, 2006. So like a year and two months, right? With filming to start in July, 2005 with no director. Months later, they signed they signed Matthew Vaughan to direct. Pushed the release date to Memorial Day. Um, he started signing up some of the people that we got, so we can thank him for Vinnie Jones playing Vinnie Jones with mutant powers. Um, he literally is he literally is Bullet Tooth Tony. <laughs> At one point. He, he, I'm Vinnie Jones, bitch. <laughs> that would have, that would have, uh, <laughs> that would have been more appropriate. And then, eventually, they get Brett Ratner um, in June 2005. So, they literally have a year to write film. Like, what? This is madness. You know, I did not know any of this. I was like, now I get why this film doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. I remember thinking, oh my God, I can't wait to, I'll be honest, I can't wait to bash this film. <laughs> yeah. And I watched it and I was like, to be fair, maybe because I was hot off the heels of Superman Returns in terms of <laughs> another film, which is, I don't know, this is like the the older, more mature brother of that film, given the fact that Brian Singer was was almost involved. But it actually wasn't as bad as I remembered. But I just remembered writing, you know, like when you write notes, mine are just a whole bunch of questions. <laughs>
0: I, I, you, you guys are going to say oh typical Ben getting on this uh, this hate bandwagon but I blame Brian Singer he not managed this decision not only managed to fuck up one film but two you know his decision to do <laughs> exactly, Superman, exactly, Returns, exactly, right? exactly, Superman Returns exactly fucked Superman Returns and fucked X-Men 3 <laughs> absolutely so
1: fuck you Brian exactly Singer that. Yeah, exactly that but- exactly that it wasn't like he went off to do a masterpiece It was he
0: wanted to oh. do Superman Returns <laughs> It just doesn't make any sense to finally settle on Ratna, who, you know, he directed the first... At this point, he directed uh, Rush Hour 1 and 2, right? Mm. Which I can... You know, the, those two are good. Those movies, they're, they're great buddy cop comedies in their own right. But why, is, why does mm. that mean that you are the, the man for the job? Who on earth considered him the right guy for this property, a person who admits to he's the best,
2: having... left, <laughs> <laughs> the best of what's left, Ben. The best of what's left.
1: You're the best of the best. No, you're the best of what's left. <laughs> That's an oldie but Here's you? a funny thing. Listen to this. Listen, listen to this, and it literally says that he had a limited knowledge of the X Men mythos, so Ratner trusted his writers on doing something faithful to the comics.
2: He didn't have a limited was, knowledge. You just got paid. He was like, "Look, they paid me. Okay, wow. why did I do it?"
0: Muddy, absolute oh. bollocks. Did he have yeah, a limited knowledge? Be. There, there's no what he didn't know about comic books could fill a warehouse. I'm sorry, mm. the guy mm. was uh, yeah. not prepared. Um, look, we, we got so we can cover all of this. Um, we, anyways, you know, this film it revolved around the resurrection of Jean Grey, uh, and parallel to that is a story about a fucking cure for mutants being weaponized by the yeah. US See,
2: is, or some shit. Is it me or is it, is it not the other way? I took this whole film as a story about a cure for mutants and the whole Magneto arc and they've tacked on the phoenix. You like, can take it many ways. This
0: movie can <sighs> take it, turn it sideways and shove it up your ass. You know, it doesn't... It's... So
1: we can, we can go even further. So the main storyline for this film is taken from two comic book storylines. One's Gifted which was obviously written by Joss Whedon and focuses on this whole idea of the cure, which basically focuses on the political aspects of the film. The other is taken from the Dark Phoenix saga. Very, very famous. Um, Never heard of it. Dumb, <laughs> Written by Chris Claremont. Um, and was basically touches upon the fact, uh, or the, sorry, the premise of the Phoenix and the Phoenix basically experiencing things that it never experienced before because of the fact that it's within a host and thereby focusing on just kind of purely the passions, etc., and the dark side of humanity. And it's it's funny because whilst they were writing the film, um, Simon Kinberg and Brett Ratner pretty much had to kind of fight to keep the dark Phoenix in the film. Cause at one point the studio was like, what's the point? There's, there's no point having her in it. Like, just just remove her. Let's focus on the cure. Let's make the film about that. Uh, but they fought and then they kind of made it a bit of a kind of side piece because again, the original treatment I, th- I believe, and this was the one by Singer, which makes more sense for me, is basically focusing far more on the actual Dark Phoenix saga, which is basically where they we're gonna ha- introduce Emma Frost, um, where Jean basically revives herself, uh, or she comes back from the um, you know, the the, the, the lake kind of falling on her. And she's basically manipulated by Emma Frost to eventually um, generate or create this kind of dark side of her, which then Magneto would manipulate to be able to carry out what he wanted, which in a way kind of makes more sense and is a little bit more concise. But I think there is confusion as to what the aim is, because it's like, okay, we fought to keep the Phoenix in, but because of the way the phoenix is and how large and how powerful the entity is they then agree that okay what we do is we won't have her be some massive fire ship some firebird shaped force it will just be the dark side of Gene, which they kind of explained well and to be fair a lot of the comics have kind of gone that way as well even so much to go to the point as this is me comic book geeking now where there's even discussion as to whether or not the phoenix state if you will is almost like the next stage of evolution after like omega mutants which is like like molecular molecular kind of control-level mutants, next-next-level stuff. But...
0: do you saying that you think that they... you saying you think they explained it proficiently in this film?
2: They explained it proficiently, but it was completely unnecessary. I'm throwing a bullet card on you. <laughs> no, no, no They, f- they fully explained the entire arc of Jean in one sentence It's so and true Sorry, Ian, that is so story. true That is fucking brilliant <laughs> Exactly well,
0: Hold on, we haven't done spoilers yet <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't said spoilers
1: <laughs> it, literally is, it literally is that And like I said, it's just, it's just That's why she does basically nothing during the film Yeah. And it's like, why is she here? It's yeah. nuts, it's absolutely, it just, yeah.
2: Just, yeah. Fully agree. There's even parts where Big Dito looks over at her when he's doing his speeches. I'm like, he's just looking at her like, why, why the fuck are you with us? <laughs> like, what is? He's like, he's like, they've got
0: their weapons. Yeah. We have
1: our own. When he
0: says, uh, what have I done? He's literally him admitting, like, this is a shit. Oh, riot. it hurt. <laughs> that okay, fucking okay, hurt look, me. Look, look, look. No, not, look no, no. My notes. My
1: notes, what have I done? Why the fuck do we care? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <Yeah. laughs> what? Why are you asking? Why did... Why? What? 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 i tell you what we've done. Fuck all. Oh, That's what you've done. <laughs> God. Why, do, I, what, why
2: did you ask that? Why? Mm. Why? Why just seeing Jean oh. all of a sudden... What? Also, having a mutant like Jean, who didn't have some sort of extra reason for, for acting the way she did, other than it being part of her makes all of the anti-mutant stuff a little bit more legitimate because it's like, well, you've got this random woman that Xavier couldn't control, couldn't contain, Magneto couldn't, and she has to be killed by Wolverine to fucking save the world. And it's like you're saying that mutants should just be able to live and roam free, unregistered. And uh, it's... Here's, the fun, here's the funny thing, To me, thing, right? it did here's, the here's, opposite here's the... of what they were trying to do. Absol-
1: do you know what the kicker is? Do you know what the kicker is, right? If they just used to kill on Jean... We, she would have survived.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I didn't even think about.
1: Think, there you go. Think I about that. Use the cure on her. Done. Safe. You, you saved her. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there, Why there did was you to No, no, that about no Like for for the end of a trilogy as well. I know. It, I know it probably really wasn't the end for the X Men films, but for the the end of a third film in my head, the trilogy, I was like. It's a pretty depressing ending. Like, I know they give you the little snippets right at the very end, but that didn't do it for me. I was like, yeah. Maestro, play that trailer. We're going to protect our citizens. Make no mistake, my brothers. The humans will draw first blood. And the air is still, and the night has fallen. There's any one question you must answer. Who will you stand? with? A major pharmaceutical company has developed a way to suppress the mutant X gene permanently. They're calling it a cure.
1: There's nothing to cure. Nothing's wrong with you. any of us for that
2: matter. You of all people know how fast the weather can change. Did you find what you were looking for?
1: The source of the cure is a mutant.
2: More powerful than you. Logan! Jeez, something woke her, but she has to be controlled.
3: You know, sometimes when you cage the beast, I can't do this, the beast gets angry. Dear, what is upon us now?
2: Fury that this world has never witnessed!
1: Magneto's got an army out there. You got a war, you might
3: not come home. She might not come home. You ready for that? We're not kids anymore. Hey, I'm not your father. If you want to go, be sure it's what you want. It's
1: time we make our choice. If you're with us, then be with us.
2: They wish to cure us. And I say we are the cure. Look at me, We can help you. We
1: can
3: fix it. We can make it like it was. Stay with me, please.
0: This is the point where we warn you, moving forward, spoilers come thick and fast. Faster than Archangel's overall story arc and screen time in the entire film. So, if you want to pause the
2: podcast
0: and go and watch the movie, that's cool. Or if you don't mind, let's
2: continue
0: (laughs) on. There must be loads of them. It's like...
1: Oh, gotta be loads, it's like loads. faster
0: than Magneto regains his mutant powers for literally no reason. <laughs>
1: exactly! Why? He was like the last person to stab, he's the first person to get his powers back. What the fuck? Fucking stupid.
2: All our reviewed movies are rated U. This stands for University Standard. And seeing as students generally have lower standards than most other classes of people, viewer discretion is advised.
0: 'Cause it's uh 'cause it's a third in the series. I mean let's go through the cast, you know, we, we know who, who they are in this universe. But um Hugh Jackman uh I think in his second least respectable performance as Wolverine. Yeah
2: Did, just, did he either just, of you forget how young did you he was? Uh, did I forget how young he was? <laughs> I, I saw this and was like, Holy shit, Wolverine looks good, man. He's uh, looking um... fresh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He hasn't aged, I, I thought, you know. I mean, I... No, you're, you're right. Where well, Wolverine is an asshole, absolute through and through oh, in this film. Everything he does,
0: everything he does,
1: He's such a like. Even the whole, who's the furball? What? Yeah. You, yeah. We, well, you're literally in a, in a in a mutant institute of acceptance, and mm-hmm. your first line is, "Who's the furball?" And then you make fun of them because he's the secretary of mutant affairs. Yeah. What, what the fuck like, have you done lately? Like, what do i mean he's like this guy is risen the guy is blue for christ's sake and he still managed to get in the fr- to sit next to the president <laughs> and he's like he was the fucking verbal and then he, and then he's like i hear you're quite an animal take a look at yourself it's like mate he, my man has gone through his entire life going through that show well, the majority of his entire life obviously after the action kicked in after puberty <laughs> to get to that point to to therefore stand on the same plane as the president to represent mutants and you're like you're an animal Fuck you, you fucking adamantium
0: cunt! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, in all fairness to Halle Berry, she brings a fair enough performance to all three of these films, but I wouldn't call her the Storm of X Men comics. She just plays a character called Storm that really? has similar powers. I don't think she's.
2: I really like
0: Storm. And
1: she, she. I didn't say I didn't like her. No, She mentions
0: it. She just doesn't. She doesn't have any of the. The, she doesn't come across like the storm from the animated series or the comics.
2: I, I, I think that's all on the writing because I think every scene that she's in, I love, but there just isn't any focus on her anywhere. Like, it's really disappointing to see like the extent of her powers, and it's like used to show off that she's sad or like when she changes all the weather because I can't remember why. But, she's sad not that, but even inside. I think. I,
1: I can't remember where I read it, but even Halle Berry herself mentioned the fact that it was like if if she wouldn't return, if Storm didn't get more of a part in this, because she really was a side piece, and Storm is like Storm is on the same level as Cyclops when it comes to the original X Men. Yeah, you know, like she was one of the first, and they never and they never yep. there is never an X Men without Storm. It's the same way there never is without Cyclops, and it's like like when and again, spoilers when um, Charles dies. We, the, the next person should be Storm. That's who we should be focusing on. But we focus on Logan because obviously yeah. he was he, Hugh Jackman and Logan um, were by far the most popular characters uh popular character from the franchise. Whereas really we should that should have been Storm stepping up. Hundred percent There's no Cyclops. There's no there's no um Charles. It should be Storm. And it didn't feel like she it didn't feel like they they let her do that. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, okay, now it's Wolverine.
2: I, yeah. Again, everything was
0: Wolverine. It, the, the film series really should have been called Wolverine and the X Men, but
1: well, really let's face is. it, that's, they, they, that's what they were going for. That's what they were going for. Let's face it. They, 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 there's not, there's not even a, there's, there's not even a, um, that was not even hidden. Like that was 100 percent what they were going for.
0: But at least in X Men One and Two, there was a storyline that made sense for the Logan character. Ooh. As in this film, he's just there and he's like, I'm Wolverine. I am Wolverine. So. <laughs> i'm gonna be yeah. here there and everywhere
2: exactly
1: that <laughs> do you know what do you know what sorry do you know what it reminds me of <laughs> it reminds me of uh, i'm singing i'm singing yeah, exactly <laughs> it is
0: that, what is that? <laughs> Family, guys, family Guy. no it's um that one is uh peter he's like when he goes this is worse than the time i uh was a I sung with the Proclaimers, and it was like, and I would walk five hundred miles. And it goes, no, 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 no. I'm singing, I'm singing. That's
1: that's, 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 that's that's what it reminds me of. I'm singing, I'm singing. Like I'm, yeah. here, I'm here, I'm here. I'm Wolverine. Who's I'm Logan. Do it, you mean? It, it's me? like who? Fa- I have me claws. I heal.
0: Yeah. It's like who finds Jean Grey? You know, uh, unconscious. It's like um. I came uh, I'll, for Jean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: God, literally, <laughs> that's exactly what it, That's a perfect, on. it's a joke, it's a bit of a
0: joke, but that's the perfect kind of comparison to, yeah. for this whole film. Ian McKellen, uh, in his characteristically top performance, but least sensical um, depiction of Magneto, I would say.
1: Oh, it's, oh, I'm sorry, but I have to, I have to go with that. Like, I like think he's the, great. The only reason I accepted it, None of the casting choices were incorrect. Yeah, none of this Everyone reflects the cast. Everyone played yeah. the character as best as they could for what the world was and what it was given. Same way this wasn't our storm, or this wasn't X-Men storm. Unfortunately, this wasn't X-Men Magneto. This was X-Men film franchise Magneto, which probably worked perfectly against Patrick Stewart's Charles Xavier.
0: Just, I, I think we'd accepted Magneto at this point. Magneto was a force. We had accepted this, exactly. this version of Magneto and were comfortable with it. He just didn't have a role in this film. I mean, he did, mm. but it was so forced and so un uh, illogical that it just doesn't work, you know? Mm. Like, with everything we, we've mm. already spoken about. Yeah. Famke Janssen, uh, I think that's how you say her first name, I'm never quite sure.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: As Jean yeah. Grey slash The Phoenix in a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, right? A commendable performance, all things considered. Uh, uh, bro, I'm with you. Absolutely with you. She was great. Yeah, Absolutely. She could you. only, what What more do we want from her? She could only do what was on the page. Abs- abs- bro, I'm with you. Absolutely with you. She she managed to,
1: that, when she'd flip, and again, they didn't, I don't, I don't feel like they did it enough. There wasn't enough Jean Grey in this. There was
0: a lot of Dark Phoenix. Um, but when Je- she flip- Actual Jean Grey had like three lines and it was always like, just kill Absolutely. me. She, yeah. Kill me. Kill, kill me. me, Billy. <laughs>
1: I was literally just about to say, kill me, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it literally does that, but, but me but the, the way it, she
2: I'd love to see a count of her lines, for sure. Yeah. I'd love to see oh, how many lines she had in this film.
0: So yeah, um, Anna Paquin in her incredibly underserved role as a neutered version of the rogue she played in the previous two films.
1: Pretty much, pretty much. Pretty much in an interview she mentioned actually that she felt like Rogue had to make some really adult decisions as a as a as a obviously a younger person and I agree with that and the emotional kind of Well, I don't want to say payoff, the emotional gravitas of that was there, but the payoff wasn't because it's like it's like it was almost like Oh, they held hands because she's she's removed her powers and got she's removed her powers this is rogue like this is huge yeah. do you know what i mean like <laughs> it's just kind of what like are you still doing yeah, in she gets old hands now
2: <laughs> it was it was I, I definitely would have rather seen her fade into the background a little bit more and have the phoenix brought forward Yeah. yeah 100 honestly think rogue probably had more screen time than the phoenix yeah and and that's weird because... storyline which was not focused on what the film was focused on. I was like, I get you want to be with your boyfriend, but is that what this film is? You're totally.
0: She's totally lost in the film, even though she's got more time than the Phoenix. You know, she says to Bobby, "You you just want to have sex," and he says, "No, I don't." And he goes, "Yeah, you're a guy. That's what all guys think about." Oh, it's so such, think a, it's exactly such a ridiculous, yeah, wait, generic, wait, straight wait, white wait, male absolutely. writer dialogue.
1: Abs- absolutely, she was like, "What? Well, how do you know that?" I'm sorry. I, last time I remembered, your powers weren't psychic. Stop chatting out your ass.
0: <laughs> yeah, she just completely. It was, it's just a striking difference between, you know, the, how the character from X Men One and Two.
1: It was it like, I what I always liked was Rogue's growth throughout both films. Yeah, where she was, she. It was almost like. Her powers, in essence, are a detriment. And it's like, how does she work past that to make herself useful and also make herself impactful? Whereas in the next one, it was literally just... And I get, I, I get it, and I get it works in terms of the film, but it doesn't show... Even her decision wasn't from growth. Logan said it perfectly. I hope you're not doing this for a boy. And she had no response. Yeah. Nothing. And it was pretty much like, yeah, that's we've pretty much... Yeah. It like, okay. brought her entire growth down to... I want to do it because I want to touch a boy.
0: Yeah, This film was crying out for her to complete her arc, which should have been, she started as a runaway and she needed to end it as leader.
1: Mm, Exactly.
0: Anyway. Um, So introducing Kelsey Grammer's movie-saving beast.
1: Man, what a legend. I remember you telling me about Kelsey Grammer. Because obviously you're a massive fan of Fraser. I remember you telling me, and I was like, Kelsey Grammer. And then I was like, But then again, actually, because obviously w- what we know of Beast, Kelsey Grammer envisions the 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 mature, intelligent, stately side of him. And I was just like, oh, I didn't really see. And then I, and then I saw the pictures, and I was like, Yo, 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 we may have a winner over here. And then I saw that film, and I was like, Thank God Kelsey Grammer was in that film, because. I'm sorry. He did not put a foot wrong.
0: Yeah, I mean that he is. Yeah, he might absolutely. be. He might be the reason why this movie. Spoilers. Like I might rate it higher than Superman Returns. <laughs> he is.
1: <laughs> I'm so, I mean, That's that's definite for me. He I'm, saved. He
0: saved the movie. Uh, every time he was on screen, he was legit.
1: I genuinely. I was like. I was worried. I was like, okay, cool. He's brilliant in all the the. Beast being beast and being capable and intelligent and and and, and, and kind of emotionally um balanced, etc. I was like I was worried about him getting into the action scenes and then he got into the action scenes and I was like, Beast is gonna fuck y'all up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like forget Wolverine. Yeah. Mate, he was brilliant.
2: Yeah. I I loved as well that even with his iconic voice, I truly always saw him as beast. Yeah. Like he... It didn't oh, come across as like brilliant. breaking the character as Kelsey,
0: and that was hard for me because, you know, as you know, I'm Frazier fanatic. Absolutely, my favourite character. Absolutely
1: huge, time. and obviously, you got me into it as well. You got me into that into Frazier as well, and it's like it's so funny because it got to a point where you know where he goes to see he goes to see the against spoilers when he goes to see the kid and his hand turns uh, to normal. Mm. I really wanted to be like move forward so I can see Kelsey grab his face. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, mean, I, you I getting, was like, take I you one, mean, most step. one I wanna see, more step. I want to see cousin Kirsten- <laughs> grammar's face.
0: <laughs> I just wanted him to, you uh, know, start going, to <laughs> <laughs> some, some, and go to college. But we think they're all wusses. because they get all the knowledge, and we knowledge get all that. We
1: get all
3: Oh, brilliant!
1: Sorry.
0: Uh Vinnie Jones, um I mean you, you you pay what you pay for you get what you pay for with Vinny Jones. I can't believe that has been the only live action portrayal of Juggernaut in a in a film I know. and
2: it's wasted. I know. <laughs> it's so the, weird. Just one random question about Juggernaut. Um did, did the Juggernaut have actual powers? Am I remembering something So okay. It.
1: okay. Okay,
2: was so, he a mutant? We'll into, if you want to go if you want to go into this. So Kane Marco
1: was the stepbrother of Charles Xavier. Was his stepbrother? I can't remember if they were actually related. Yeah, no, I think it was stepbrother. I think it was half-brother, but yeah. Stepbrother. Half, half-brother, sorry. Half-brother mm-hmm. of Charles Xavier. He didn't have, he had a dormant X gene. So he had the X gene, but it didn't activate. So he used uh, magic, uh, in essence, to activate that gene. But then that, again, I, I can't remember if this is actually retconned as well. Um, the crystal, oh, I can't remember what it was. It wasn't Kuth. Kuth was the other, like, demon god thing. Um, I can't remember what it was. But in essence, he used this crystal, which possessed this um, entity, and that entity then turned him into the Juggernaut. Again, now, I can't remember whether or not it was retcon, where it was like, okay, the dormant X-Gene thing was retcon for the for for this entity within the crystal. But that's basically what it was. Because, you know, at one point, um, Colossus was the Juggernaut as well because he actually took on mm-hmm. the entity in that crystal as well so in essence no not really his powers are actually more magical than anything else
0: in this movie they, they say his mutant genius building yeah. up enough momentum he can run through anything momentum yeah i i, I just wanted i couldn't lo- stop laughing when i heard that line i was like there's no chance this character's building any momentum in this movie <laughs> 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 that's
2: he the one went that he isn't doing <laughs> That's the one <laughs> thing he isn't doing. Honestly. Was it Angel? Who's the guy with the Angel ones? Archangel. Uh, Archangel. Yeah. And his dad. That uh, had so much... Like, such them. empty dialogue. Yeah. It was such empty dialogue between them. It was just... Well, look, if you want... Empty scenes, in my opinion. If you want to go... So, it, like pictures. I mean, there is no doubt
0: that we're going to tear that um, tagged-on story apart. But, you know, you're saying it's empty. Only it's because they missed... The point of I, I don't know what I don't know how because it's obviously the the writers that have decided to put it in and it's so obvious to me or it should be obvious to to anyone what that was about it, you know it's a, it, it's a, a, a father finding out that his son is uh, is different it's his father finding out that his son's gay you know it's I, I think it's pretty yeah exactly that it, it's pretty much closeted. And if you're going to go down that angle, if you're going to go down that avenue, let's, I mean, why would you subvert the expectation of of what that story is going to be? You know, if if the subtext is about homosexuality, if that is a subtextual theme you're going for and you're going to subvert that and then not reference it for another 40 minutes and only then reference it for 30 seconds at the end, this, this guy wants to test the cure on his son and his son rejects this and runs away and that's it and there's no richer context at all they give it zero yeah, time exactly. and attention why have you gone to the trouble of making such an o- obvious um, overture about something and then completely not not respecting it or using it or commenting on it whatsoever right so let's, uh, let's do the plot shall I, shall I read the plot There was a plot? (laughs) Where? When did the plot happen? Uh, In 1986, Charles Xavier and Eric Linsher meet young Jean Grey at her parents' house to invite her to join their school, the X-Mansion. Ten years later, the industrialist Warren Worthington II discovers his son is a mutant as he tries to cut off his wings. And in the present day, Worthington Labs announce... It has developed an inoculation to suppress the X gene that gives mutants their ability and offer the cure to any mutant who wants it. The cure is created from the genome of a young mutant named Jimmy, who lives at the Worthington facility on Alcatraz Island. While some mutants are interested in the cure, including Rogue, many others are horrified by the announcement. I'm going to to deservedly start with something positive. X Men Three was the first movie to use the now, you know, really popular de aging effect, and it looks fucking fantastic.
1: It's not that bad, is it? Like, you, like you can tell, obviously, it hasn't held up compared to like now, and obviously, but if you, but back then,
0: yeah, that's what I mean.
1: Put it this way, like, I completely forgot that they did that. If that makes sense, as in, it was just, it was just, it was just young um, Charles and young Eric. It, it was yeah
0: I was pretty impressed I remember at the time I was like what the fuck how did they do that mm. is it bad that I didn't even notice <laughs> there you go there you no, go you that's just proof. said that's it proof. there yeah. you go that's proof there I, you go that's proof I, I mean I remember watching uh, like Benjamin Button uh, because that was probably like the film that did it after that <laughs> uh, you know that trick and it didn't it didn't look it looked odd it looked really bad mm. um I remember Pirates of the Caribbean did it with Johnny Depp. Uh, it didn't work for me. Uh, then I, I remember Kurt Russell did it in Guardians of the Galaxy and that was good. But the best one, I think, was Samuel yeah, Jackson yeah. in Captain Marvel.
1: That was ridiculous. Yeah. That was obscene. That was so good. Yeah, that was really, really good. Because yeah. then again, it probably was just Samuel Jackson with like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Black Dough Crack, yeah. It probably was.
1: Absolutely, man. Black Dough Crack. Yeah.
0: Have you seen the trailer for the new Indiana Jones? No, no, I haven't actually. Oh, I won't. Uh, I mean, you probably guess. There's a de aging thing in that, and it looks fucking no,
1: awesome. I'm going uh, yeah, check. Really, I'm gonna check that. After. Yeah, I'm gonna check that
0: after. Spider Man: No Way Home. Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina, Doctor Octopus oh, and yeah. Green Goblin. They look yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah,
1: they look. They looked exactly the same. Yeah. exactly the same.
0: Like literally took exactly twenty years off same. both of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great one, actually. That's a good shout.
0: We're in this suburban neighbourhood at this cul-de-sac and uh, Charles and Magneto are are going in to, to speak to a young Jean Grey and I'm like, my problem with this film is all there to see in this first scene. We're immediately shown what this movie is meant to be about. I know you, we just talked about how it, it, it's the, about the cure and, and the mm. phoenix is just stuffed in there. But the movie, because of how emotional... The arc should be. It should be about the battle for Jean Grey's soul, right? Yeah, she absolutely. is she is a disturbed 100%. young girl, and here's the question: Why? It's never addressed. Just that she's so powerful, mm. and it's a shame because the kid's dark. Like, what what is it about her? She tell me about her her troubled childhood. What's the past childhood trauma? Was she being abused? Were, I, why why is she such a a creepy little fucking kid? She she demonstrates her power. Or how powerful she is to Xavier and Eric by lifting up the entire street. Uh, oh shout out to an early Stan Lee cameo, by the way.
1: Absolutely. And the other the other the other person as well was someone, I can't remember who he was. Um, I think he was um, I think he was the editor. I think he was one of the editors. Okay. If I can remember correctly. I can't remember. Yeah. He was definitely involved, he was definitely one involved in the production. I can't remember who it was. That's so bad. I need to remember to write this stuff <laughs> this
0: stuff down. I didn't know that. Oh, and a further shout out to all those cars that windows didn't break when she dropped them all.
1: True that. And hey, here's another further shout out, actually, as well. The guy who plays the dad, uh, Gene's dad, you know, the one that says, have you sorted out her illness? You know, he does Nightcrawler's voice in the X-Men. No. Really? Yeah. Wow. Ah. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure he's going to be back for X-Men 97, funny yeah.
2: enough. <laughs> wait, 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 where the fuck is Nightcrawler? No, he's not. No, no, he's no. the, the no. voice. The, <laughs> no, no, no. In this film. Oh, in, I see what you in mean. In this film. Yeah, yeah. In this movie. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck oh, was Nightcrawler oh, okay. doing so, the whole time?
1: So, so, Nightcrawler was in it for a little bit, right? And they decided it was too. It took too much. It's too to
2: expensive,
0: actually
1: right? Put all the makeup on him. It was too expensive, and it takes too long to put the makeup on him. Considering the fact he was barely in the film, so they were just like, "Fuck it, just just cut him out." <laughs> so yeah. they just cut him out. Yeah. <laughs> That's
2: so and bad. What happened. He was so good they in they the other film. Out. Yeah, he was... Bron- and they didn't want him all. to
1: kind of
0: step on the whole blue beast. mutant yeah. role that was beast <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Which I can understand because, yeah, Kelsey Grammer. No, no I'm, I mean, it's just ridiculous that he wasn't in it. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the service, right, there sounds like a perfect point to jump off in a movie that teases its central arc will be to delve deep into the mind of, like, the most powerful being on Earth. But nothing mm. is said here. Only that Magneto nothing. catches Gene's father admitting that he thinks his daughter's. is... You know, not gifted, but sick. But why is she so dark? What have we really learned from the scene? What's the dramatic question that's been posed here? Instead, the movie is determined to jam as much shit into it as can possibly be. It's leaking out of every orifice. Because the next scene, you also get something from the past. And it's the most inconsequential storyline I've ever seen in a superhero movie. We've spoken about it just before. Why cram it in? Why not give more room to the Phoenix saga to breathe? But instead, you get this fucking archangel, half-arsed, half-baked story that never takes off. No pun intended.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. It's funny because you kind of hit the nail square on the head. It is like, we don't know what this film is. So here are the two plots. Remember them? Enjoy. (laughs) 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 Do you know what I mean? It literally is that. To, and here's the annoying yeah, part, never, never by themselves, one. by themselves, brilliant, pick one, expand. That's what you needed to do. But no, we, we, we're going to throw both in. It's, and it's not even like the. And you could, you could, you could argue, like if you said they, they, what's the word I'm looking for? They affected or imposed on each other, or at least one was cause and one was effect, but there wasn't anything. They are literally separate. To the point where even the resolution of them, sorry to jump ahead, is separate. Because they never intertwine.
0: So true, man. Fucking so true. I'd, yep. s- I'd say this Agreed. film suffers from Spider-Man 3 syndrome if it wasn't released a year oh, before absolutely. Spider-Man 3. <laughs> 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 more villains, more effects, more plot lines, the biggest source material arcs, you know, the least amount of screen time. That was symbiote Venom. You know, it, the, yeah. the movies mirror yeah. each other actually perfectly. Venom just falls out mm. of the sky.
2: Mm. And the phoenix just right. lives within the realized right. Yeah. Do you think they were like, fuck, we've done the exact same with Spider-Man 3. Oh, shit. No. It's <laughs> 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 too it fucking late. Just, just
0: Quick, quick. Out. Put a dance in Still it. That'll save, money, it. Right. <laughs> That'll save it. That'll save it. Well, and in this one, they were like, uh, I don't know, put multiple men in this? it. That'll save it. it.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, but let's put, put bullet tooth yeah. Tony in it. It'll save it. <laughs> <laughs> Um,
1: but it's of Tony, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm just going to keep replacing it
1: with other things. <laughs> uh,
0: m- m- movies like <laughs> movies like this get on my tits, right? Because they're trying too hard to convince us that the movie is like the third act in a franchise and thus has to be triple the fun, triple the jeopardy, triple mm. the stakes. You know, we get the intro mm. with the. Because it's, it's, it, it's another thing, you know, you, the, just after that scene, there's the intro. With the jeans, um, like I, I, it looked like jeans in a being manipulated. Um, in oh a, in yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, you were looking at yeah. it through a, a, a stethoscope or a microscope or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get you, you get that, which is kind of cool, and you and you're starting to get a vibe. But then the music is booming, like it should be over a fucking war scene, and it's just like everything mm, is like yeah. louder. Make it louder. Make it louder, more, yeah, more. It needs more. No subtlety. (laughs) Fuck subtlety. We're going hard. (laughs) You take take Dark Knight Rises because and I and I've written that down because I'm using it as not a perfect film, but it does things that X Men Three could never be and never do. It has a two hour and a half, I think, runtime. Well, X Men Three has Mm. like an hour and forty five. But both of these yep. both of these films had predecessors that absolutely destroyed the box office. So why couldn't X-Men 3 have been given a little bit more time to breathe? You know, because what, mm. the special effects were so expensive? In the first five minutes... Very, it, go on.
1: I was going to say, it's very, it's very much studio-driven. It's, it, it, it's, all these films suffer from there. I don't understand it. As a studio, why do, you, why do they always think, do you know what? They've done it right. They've done it right twice. Let's just fucking go all out for the third. Do you know what? We'll make the decisions. I don't, I don't, I don't. like... Where's the thinking? I never understand why studios do that. Never understand it.
0: I, d- I don't know if it's because when... Because they have to escalate the budget with each film. And when they get to the third one, they're like, fuck, everything that these guys have done has touched a goal, but now there's so much money involved, if we don't put our fingerprints on it...
1: We don't absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, maybe it is that. Maybe it is that.
0: In the first five minutes of this film we're introduced to jean gray having an alter ego as uh, you know we're introduced to a, a, a dad who's just found out his son's a mutant we get a title sequence which is pushing mu- you know like mutagenesis as a major theme and then you're hit with mm. explosions and post apocalyptic fight sequences and the tease of having the sentinels it's fucking
1: mm. overload
0: like the dark knight mm. rises introduces us to the villain that has to follow from heath ledger's joker that's difficult, and they do it perfectly. They set the scene. Absolutely, Gordon's conflicted over. You know, he's rid he'd rid Gotham of the mob, uh, but at the expense of his his character because he's lied about Harvey Dent and the truth behind Harvey Dent. Bruce Wayne's become a recluse because he's retired Batman, uh, and this is all ten years ago. Done. I'm in. I get where we are.
3: Yeah.
0: And and yeah. and why? Because it's the same theme. Out of the ashes of that, you know, what Goth? What Gordon and and Wayne did in Batman uh, in Dark Knight, there's been a terrible, uh, a, a vacuum has been filled by a terrible force. I get it. And mm. and funny enough, of all of this, you know where I reckon the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises get their opening set pieces from?
3: Mm.
0: X-Men 2. With the introduction of Nightcrawler, it's an massive. Yeah, it, it's like it this, comes in, yeah. there's a huge, elaborate set piece where you just, after it, you're like, you feel like a truck's hit you. You're like, that was fucking yeah. amazing. That's how you introduce but, a But new the character. right way. Yeah. If,
1: but the right way if a truck can hit you the right way. But I know exactly what you mean. It's just like, it's like set, scene set. Yeah. This is the gravity of the of this particular person.
0: Mutants Done. have Put en- one side. Mutants
1: have entered the White House. Absolutely. Absolutely. Put like, it to one side. Now let's go back to what we know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Does. And I think that's what that's the that's the issue you have when you change directors and you change um, franchises. It's what it's what it's what DC obviously DCU at the moment is suffering from with so many kind of different directors. Is what they finally understood now. Like, okay, let's put one person with a central or two people now in this case with a central vision that will at least keep some form of consistency throughout, even if we have different people involved. Whereas you had Brian Singer one, Brian Singer two, changed it, flipped it, da, da 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 da, and then you obviously end up with Brett Ratner. Now, obviously, no offense to Brett Ratner, but it's just that difference is so evident. And when you have a trilogy and you're looking for that, again, at the time, you know, you, you're well aware as well. At the time, trilogies were always the end. Films mm-hmm. hardly ever went into the four. It's it's a weird four is a weird number to go into. You know what I mean? So it was always going to be a case of this was going to be the conclusion. So you're saying they had and to stuff the fact it, that they really? lost Brad was, and really so they had, to, and it just like. It could have been. It could have been more with less, hundred percent. Mm. Unfortunately, they kind of had to go with the Phoenix because of the way the X two ended. So it's like, and then they had to go with the Cure as well. I um, well, didn't have to go with the Cure, but the Cure itself was a great storyline. So how the two of them would have intertwined would have been inter- would have been interesting. But
0: unfortunately, you you were kind of stuck. You had to go with with you had to go with Phoenix. I think you're right, though. I think. I you're saying that you know there were two storylines there was the mutant cure and then there was the the phoenix and both could have worked on their own um you know okay they're both in the movie together and they don't really link but let's let's see what we can make of it but don't you think like they didn't leave it there because there's still more you know magneto mm. wants to go to war with the home with Homo Sapiens, as he says, over this cure. So he needs recruits. So we get like five more characters on top. Uh, you know, like uh, w- w- all those new villains, like Multiple Man and Juggernaut and um, the the one that does the sound waves and the guy with the spikes coming out of him. You know, all these all these yeah. new characters, and that is on top of Kitty Pride, Colossus, mm-hmm. Beast, Archangel, and you've still got unresolved issues from the from the second movie with bobby drake and pyro like they need more mm. time to explore that because mm. because that's cool like like their central conflict could have been explored
1: yeah fire and ice like I, the entire time we just kept thinking fire and ice I, I actually i actually quite liked their conflict it made sense yeah they were very much kind of like antagonists against each uh and they were very much kind of rivals against
0: each other and you could see it all these all these characters come into the film you know there's no I, I counted there's no less than 25 characters that are given um attention and or not enough attention as it, as it, as it may be um and then you get people like mystique who get marginalized you know a fan favorite character mm. you know a, a, a mm. cornerstone of the first two films and she's just an afterthought mm. and then as i mean it, you're going to get
1: into the next you go yeah. You're gonna get you're gonna get into in the next bit with it with the, when you read the plot, but even like the introduction of the Morlocks, like they don't need, there's not even reference that they're the Morlocks like the Morlocks are huge mm. in X Men world, like yeah. they're the underground mutants of the world, and that was literally Callisto, that was the leader of the Morlocks, like that's a huge character, and people who are comic book fans will know who she is. Um, well, you will know who she is because it, it said Callisto or they mentioned the name or something like that, because that's not Callisto from the comic books whatsoever. Um, it's almost like it's more like an amalgama- amalgamation of Callisto and the other leader of the Morlocks, or previous leader of the Morlocks, uh, founding member. I Can't remember whose
0: name. It's gonna piss me off now.
1: I'll get I'll get back into it. But they just basically amalgamated a bunch of people into that Callisto character. And but then at the same time, it's like I know that's the Morlocks because I'm a comic book fan. But it's like there was no there was no like introduction. It was not. It was it it was it was just kind of inferred. It wasn't made aware that that's the Molochs, you know? That's, no, it's that's
0: a huge thing. It's, it's basically Magneto needs recruits. So he goes to meet a Absolutely. bunch of fucking anti-cure activists. And and suddenly, like, he's he's got an army to face the, the human race. It's, there's just no layers at all here.
1: Mm. Caliban. Caliban was the other was the other one. Was the So it's like an amalgamation of Caliban and Callisto together.
0: Am I right in thinking Psylocke is in this?
1: Uh, si- thank you. Psylocke is in this. And Psylocke, they give Mystique... They give... Not Mystique. They give uh, Nightcrawler's powers. She
2: pops through walls. What? Um,
0: anything else to say before we read the next
2: part? Uh, I didn't appreciate their ruse. It, it confused me. Which, <laughs> w- which one?
3: <laughs> what,
1: what, what, one? What ruse? The one where... <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're 21 years in the past, okay. My brain accepts it. We then jump ahead and we're 10 years in the past, and we're seeing another story fine. And then oh, the credits roll, yeah. and now we're in the not too distant future. And I'm like, What the fuck? Okay, I'm down for some future. This yeah. is chaos. But and then it's like, Oh no, we were never simulation. in the future, motherfucker. <laughs> we're in the present, and yeah. it was all just a gag. <laughs> God, fuck. and I was like where the fuck are we <laughs> <laughs> was that not the future <laughs> I've, got, I've got to admit actually what? you know what I'm actually with you on there because I remember thinking Me the too. not too distant future oh oh by the My way, head. Cyclops was supposed to be here, but he fucked all of you over because he is broken and useless. He's useless <laughs> to you, he's useless to the X-Men, he's useless oh, to himself. I Let's be clear, I might think, Cyclops is terrible. That DC-loving <laughs> like, that DC motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that's
1: brilliant, it's so true. Fuck James Marsden. Fuck Cyclops. You, fuck you belong I'm in DC. Tell, I'm,
0: I'm a grown ass man trying to tell me. That's man.
1: Fuck him. Fuck Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. It's so true though. Like, I'm, I'm so with you on that as well because the other funny thing was, uh, um, oh, what was I was going to say, the other funny thing was about the um, that was it. How long has Gene been dead? Because again, I kind of get where Cyclops is coming from. Like, Jean's died, died right? And my mind's like mourning. Everyone else is like, fuck this, we've got training to do. <laughs> I mean, and even Wolverine. Yeah. And I, I, I love the line. I have to admit, I did love the line where he's like, not everyone heals as fast as you, Wolverine. Oh. Which is brilliant. Yeah, that was I good. I was like, that was legendary. Like, that was awesome. I mean, it was so true. Do you know what I mean? We've all got to move on. But
0: how long has she been dead for? Well, I mean, I this that line was fucking awesome, but I disagree only because I've I've always thought that this interpretation of Cyclops in these movies—he's like the Boy Scout, where he's like, no, no, we have to keep going. What are you talking about? We're a team. This is professional operation here. Wolverine, you're such a cunt. Whereas now, you know, he's going through morning. He's like, no, no, I'm out, I'm out. I'd be like, well, hold on, hold on, Mister Rules and Regulations. <laughs> Yeah, I get what you mean. I know what you you mean. mean, I I would like
2: to have seen that conflict. That would have been great to explore in this film. Had seen both of them actually clash. That would have actually developed Wolverine more.
0: Dude, that is the film that this should have been about. I know that. Mm. I know that the obviously Superman Returns fucked all this up. Okay, I completely understand that. Um, But it's a beautiful. They should have just cut him out altogether then, because they missed a beautiful opportunity, and I couldn't get past it. You know, it's like after X-Men 2, they said, oh, we've got a problem. We've just killed off a, a main character. Uh, it's really up the stakes for the final chapter. But, um, you know, we don't want to do that. We don't want to go there. We have, a, you know, th- this is terrible. And I'm being sarcastic because you've got this role reversal opportunity. Logan's trying to hold the X-Men together and Cyclops, the one that threatening mm. to tear it apart. He's unhinged. Yeah. and while the X-Men are imploding from within, you can have Magneto in the background plotting his final strike against the X-Men uh, You know, while they're at their most vulnerable. I mean, Xavier laid it out to the president at the end of X-Men 2. He said that humans and mutants need to work together to find peace. And the irony could have been that in X-Men 3, they had found peace, but the X-Men themselves were at war. That, yeah, that, exactly. That yeah. would have been a good film. And seeing because it had been bubbling all along this this feud between cyclops and wolverine and it would have been really interesting as you say Ian, to see the roles reversed and the, just give those two um set the stage
1: yeah it's a great it's a yeah. great it's a great, pre- it's a great premise like the idea of it is like i said it unfortunately i'm singing i'm singing yeah. so, and it was always going to be freaking wolverine <laughs> yeah let's face it the the, the it, it, it wolverine hugh jackman basically nailed Wolverine to the point where it was just like, again, I think there's this premise of, maybe maybe you've answered the question as to why studios just need this, have this need to to be able to make sure this third film is marketable as hell, and that was Wolverine and Hugh Jackman, so we're going to focus on Wolverine and Hugh Jackman. Let let them keep singing.
0: Mm. Okay. Um, Magneto re-establishes his brotherhood of mutants with those who oppose the cure, warning his followers that the cure will be forcefully used to exterminate the mutant race. With help from Pyro, Magneto recruits Callisto and several other mutants. They attack the mobile prison-holding Mystique to free her, also free multiple Man and Juggernaut. Mystique shielding Magneto from a Cure Dart. The
1: fact that it's called a Cure Dart is just fucking terrible. (laughs) Hey, that's what they call it, a Cure
0: Dart. Oh, my God. It's hit It's just so unoriginal. This whole film is so fucking lazy. Okay. Shielding Magneto from a Cure Dart (laughs) is hit by it and loses her mutant abilities. Magneto abandons her as a result. Meanwhile, Scott Summers, still distraught over the loss of his fiance Jean Grey, drives to her resting location at the lake, where she died in X-Men 2. However, Jean appears to Summers, but as the two kiss, Jean kills him. Which was not clear at all when I watched this in the cinema. I was like, what just happened?
1: Absolutely. 100%. Um, I agree with you on that.
0: Sensing trouble, Xavier sends Logan and Storm to investigate. it. But when they arrive, they find only ten- telekinetically floating rocks... Summer's glasses and an unconscious gene. Can I? Can I ask what is the government? um, Has the government hired this Worthington Labs to to do the cure, or did they? Were they doing it anyway? And now the government, like, oh, we'll have some of that.
1: So here's the funny thing, right? (laughs) Because I remember actually this is one of the notes I wrote on as well, and they were like, oh. When the president hands the <clears throat> cure over to Hank and he's like, this is it. And he's like, what's this? And obviously he explains what it is. And he explains that Wellington labs have created this cure, etc. And it's like the only person who doesn't know about the mutant cure is his secretary of mutant affairs. Cause everyone, no one else was shocked. <laughs> everyone else knew about it. It's like how the hell does he not know about the development of this or
0: how was he not informed? You know, this guy, has created he? He obviously started it because his son was a mutant, and he couldn't live with the fact that his son was a mutant. So he tried to. He wants to cure his son mm-hmm. of his condition. Is what he called. Is what he's thinking it is. Did you notice there's a guy called Trask? Yep. Related to Peter he's, Dinklage. He's <laughs> Trask. Um, so, <laughs> so it, you know, in Days and Futures Past, Ian. Yeah. Uh, you know
2: the.
0: You know. Tyrion, yeah, you know Tyrion Lannister? Tyrion Lannister. Is um, the guy who's in... Yeah. Peter Dinklage. He created the Sentinels. Yeah. Yeah, so his name was Trask. It was Trask Industries. And he's he's massive in, oh, in right, X-Men God. lore. But this character, who's played by the guy who is from Predator, which I thought, which I, I recognised him immediately. His they, they give him the last name Trask for no reason. I'm assuming that was just yeah. a, an Easter egg or...
1: apparently, Apparently it's implied that he's somehow related to... Trask in some way but of Trask Industries but I don't I don't don't know how (laughs) again it's it's just it's just one of those things with this film let's face it Mm. let's face it does it matter let's face it really (laughs) I mean even the Sentinels we kind of saw for the sake of seeing Sentinels probably as an easter egg and we didn't really see them properly we just saw a severed head so yeah
0: it's all just just background noise
1: It it, absolutely it's It's all all sleight of hand smoke and mirrors absolutely exactly that exactly that
0: so um yeah, so we get lost in a lot of politics uh, at this part of Act 1. You know, there's we see mystiques in prison uh, being interrogated by a Boston legal alumni. Did you notice?
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes.
0: The Commonwealth
1: of oh Massachusetts. Massachusetts. There is something about that. That guy has the ability to make his face so annoying. Yeah. I don't know how he, how he does it. That's but how he gets just so annoying
0: when he speaks. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, I love how they just ignore her escape attempt. Like, he's holding a guy... She's holding a guy hostage and they just turn off the TV and they're like, so, what yeah. are we going to do about this? I'm like, w- hold... <laughs> 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 There's, you've got a situation.
1: <laughs>
0: I love how Beast is like, well, uh, can, can you actually hold her? Yeah, yeah, yeah she's fine, she's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's just another... Just got to skim over these things, man. We've got a lot of story to cover and no time at all. So... Exactly. So the cure we is out.
2: Really lack of action
0: scenes at the beginning. <laughs> so we are just gonna to pack them all in while we can. <laughs>
2: Mystique kind of escapes, and then we just yeah. give up on it for money reasons. I, so. I think
0: it's more like the the studio came in. They're like, "So Mystique's in this scene." They're like, "Yeah, they're like, how much does it cost to, to 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 make her blue again?" Oh, it's quite a lot of money. Right, have her fucking do something. Flip, absolutely, <laughs> flip,
2: flip. She will flip on that freaking table right now. Yeah. <laughs> Goes, Why the fuck do we pay for her legs to be done If she's just being <laughs> interrogated Or sitting under a table If you've done her legs You're fucking making her fight She's going to jump on that motherfucking table And start kicking ass
3: Why have we paid for her Why are we bothered with her legs If right. <laughs> <laughs> she's sat at the table so Fucking cute. flip oh,
0: <laughs> Ian you'd be such a good exec
3: <laughs> 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 That is
1: brilliant. I've never even thought about that. What the fuck did we do? A leg? Did she sat down?
0: Exactly what a bookkeeper would, would come in and say. <laughs> that
1: is brilliant. That is actually incredible.
0: Oh my god. Oh my god. So, so the cure, is, the cure is now out there. People know about it, um, and there is an opportunity for some real debate about its pros and cons. Uh, but of course, this film doesn't pick up on it you get Storm making a very tiny little speech and that's it and no one else has an opinion other than Rogue which is I want it I want it I want it now Um, you know the X-Men hardly discuss it at all between them most of the X-Men have no voice in this film like Bobby Drake um, Colossus Kitty Pryde uh, even Jackman has no sorry even Logan doesn't have any interest in talking about it no one has any interest in talking about it it's the most interesting thing about it
1: it's 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 like one of those things where the initial reaction of it's like oh yeah it's, it's okay this is huge and then it is just kind of glossed over and why is it glossed over because we've got another storyline to deal with it and it's got the it's called the Phoenix Force
0: <laughs> do you know what I mean this it's is like, why this is why I'm still pretty, arguing pretty much. which is the, much. which is the which pretty is the dominating much. story because the discovery of the cure is not the inciting incident of the film Gene's resurrection is. Mm, The exploration of what brought her back and why should be the central focus, but we never fucking find out. There is no... Is there any reason why she comes back from the dead, apart from that she's the phoenix? No. No. pretty much. No. 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 It should her her coming back is what makes this film should be what kicks this film off. Just like going back to the Dark Knight example, the Joker is the inciting incident of the Dark Knight. Bane is the inciting incident mm. of Dark Knight Rises. You know the the reveal of a, of a new threat. Um, it's just another encapsulation of why this movie is so bad. I mean, in, in X Men two, Magneto, um, in X Men two, Magneto is in prison and do you remember how cool it is the plan to break him out where she has where, where they get mystique to seduce the uh, security guard and she yeah. and she injects him with uh like metallic properties yeah metal, yeah, yeah and then but literally the, magneto um, rips it out Mercury. of him yeah and yeah. then uses it to escape like that's fucking awesome what yeah, a great absolutely. way to yeah, to show you know how how Magneto is is almost uncageable. So here we have the US military actively worried about where Magneto is. So they literally transport his most trusted lieutenant via armoured truck on a road in plain daylight. Very smart. Of course he's going to fucking free her. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. they, They didn't mention... No, they didn't mention using it as bait. They just kept mentioning the fact that, yeah, he's definitely going to go save her. Yeah. They, they don't actually mention anything about the fact that we're going to use it as bait, just that he's definitely going to save her. Okay, cool. So, I mean, if
0: they yeah, were trying to use we'll it as bait... an armor truck, like you said. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. And, no one... They, they had, like... not, not
1: only an armor truck, we'll, we'll put fucking Juggernaut and Man in there as well. <laughs> oh,
0: God. <laughs> 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 he's like, what was the point yeah. of Multiple Man? Is he there simply for that stunt they pulled at the end to make people to make the military think that the office, the office, the forest was still where all the bad guys were.
1: It's funny because uh, I can't remember, I think it was the directors, or uh, I think it was the, um, Brett Ratner or someone that mentioned or the writer mentioned that despite him being in literally two scenes, he was pretty impactful. <laughs> was, and it is, I think that's what this film is. This film is just a a, a, a list of not throwaway characters, not even, not really throwaway performances. Just more cameos. Do you know what I mean? Like cool cameo. Next person. Cool, because ca- again, it literally they they just had to go through so many, so many, so many characters. And and funny enough, I think what was, something was being shot at the same time. Something mutant related was being shot at the same time. Oh, I need to remember to read these notes properly. Apologies. Uh, was being shot at the same time. So there was like a list of of characters that they weren't allowed to use. So didn't seem um, like it. Someone went to (laughs) So someone went to exactly that. So someone went to Brett Ratner with basically a list of old mutants and kind of and they were it was pretty much just a case of pick and choose. That's literally what they did.
0: I'll take all of them. What? All the ones that are available.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Take me all the ones all the ones I can get. Give me all give me all
0: more. It's just like you're saying it's like a list of just endless list of characters, but the the first act is pretty much done now and you've got the Beast on his mission. You've got Storm and Logan on a mission. You've got Xavier teaching kids about transferring consciousness which, like, if you didn't stay to watch the post credit scene, it's like, oh what the God fuck God was, that?
1: That, what was that? What was that about? Yeah.
0: You've got St- Scott's mini, you know, Road to Hell arc. You've got Gene's ghost whispering in the wind. Uh, you've got all banged up. You've got Rogue, Pride and Ice Triangle. Uh, you've got Magneto in the background. You've got Aunt Angel doing nothing. And this all happens in 30 fucking minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention, like, yeah. side characters like um, Sora uh, Aghadoshly uh, as the doctor working for Worthington. We get, like, a hint that she yeah. has a sweet spot for him. But it goes nowhere, and then, you know, she dies. And uh, the kid with a gift, um, Leech, right, Jimmy... Leech, yeah. No yeah. idea about him. Who is he? You know, why has he got this gift? Uh, when did they discover him? Is he allow- Are they allowed to just keep him against his. Like, he's literally just a a plot device. Here's the other funny thing the actual Jimmy Leech, the actual character, is also a Moloch. Oh, yeah, I know the Yeah, the character's cool, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's nothing like the yeah. character. The character's, the character's they, actually it, a Moloch. Yeah. But it's, that, it's just nothing. Nothing. Yeah. There's just. Yeah. This film is not. I, uh, fa- Hello. I came very close to. You came well, really close.
2: Card, by the way. I came. He very came, for <laughs> I came for Gene. I came for Jean, but maybe not for this. <laughs> Did any of you think that when the Archangel gets free and he puts his wings out and you're like in awe and you're like, this is great? That when he ran out the window like a real life bird, that he was just going to bounce <laughs> off that reinforced glass. <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> knocking, just like the juggernaut <laughs> later on. Ew, just chucking. I've <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought, I've got to admit I was I, like he ain't going through that saying, glass when he jumped out the window There's no way I was like oh maybe, he's, maybe maybe he throws something out and he just crashes through I was like oh okay, yeah, maybe this Arkane's got maybe he's got some strength to him
0: When Logan and Storm return to the X-Mansion, Xavier explains to Logan that when Jean sacrificed herself to save them, she also freed the Phoenix, a dark and extremely powerful alternative personality which Xavier had telepathically repressed, aware of the Phoenix godlike destructive potential. Logan is disgusted to learn of this psychic tampering with Jean's mind, but Once she awakens, he discovers that she killed Summers and is not the Jean Grey he once knew. The phoenix emerges, knocks out Logan, and escapes to her childhood home. Magneto learns of Jean's resurrection through Callisto, and the X-Men arrive at the Jean Grey family home at the same time as the Brotherhood. Magneto and Xavier go in and both vie for Jean's loyalty until the phoenix resurfaces. She destroys the house and kills Xavier by disintegrating him before leaving with Magneto.
2: The, the only thing I was going to highlight was how easily Jean knocked Wolverine unconscious in this scene. Didn't seem like much effort for her. Well, she's the just phoenix. Uh, that is just that may come up at a point later on. Oh, I see. Oh, <laughs> I see. Yeah, yeah. I know what just, you mean. Just how casually she she was able to... Disposable Wolverine in yeah. this scene. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> Didn't break a sweat. No. But uh, that may be relevant towards the end. Right. <laughs> <I> think... <laughs> Ian's got Fair his enough. hands on his
0: little pile of cut bollocks cards. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's massaging them mis- oh, mis- oh, 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 oh. right now. Yeah.
2: He's massaging them <laughs> <laughs> <He's> mis- <laughs> mis- right now. I, 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 oh, I, I,
0: don't, I don't think it was uh, clear at all that um, her death released the Phoenix. Uh, because we're not no. told where the phoenix comes from.
1: The way, they, yeah, the way they explain it is the fact that with Jean, her powers actually come from her subconscious mind. So uh, what they had to do was basically put a block on that so that her conscious mind gives her the powers that she has in terms of things like telekinesis and, and, mm-hmm. and psychic, a psychic ability. But Jean's real powers are actually at the back of her mind and repressed. By Charles, because he's put all these telepathic
0: Lock, know, yeah, kind uh, of blocks walls, there yeah.
1: to stop that. Whenever they did kind of delve into that little part of it during her training, mm-hmm. that also, that basically, because of, because of the way the conscious and unconscious mind how, were, were, they were, it almost developed itself, it, its own personality. And that personality called itself the Phoenix for whatever reason. I don't know why it just called itself like. Jane or something but it um, <laughs> decided to call itself The Phoenix um, well I, obviously because that works in terms of what we need to do for the for the story in the studio yeah
0: it serves the plot but um, you know it's the kind of um, it's like a midpoint shift uh, takes place mm-hmm. at Jean's uh, childhood home so we get this big mm-hmm. fucking set piece um, mm-hmm. now what why so Jean, Jean's Jean's run off because she as you say she has this uh, crazy little sex scene with Wolverine. I mean, her her ex lover is um, who she killed, and he knows that she killed. She know, does he know? No, I don't think Wolverine knows yet that she. No, killed he doesn't him. know that point. But he knows no, that he's yeah. dead, and he's just like can't wait to get in the guy's girlfriend's pants, who's also just come back from the dead. You know, he's just like, yep let's let's get it on. So they have this little sex scene. Um, he then stops. He's like, no, no, wait, hold on, this isn't you, you don't like me, or, or something. He's like, you're, you're being too aggressive, uh, help, you know, stop. And then she, you know, does her thing, she flings him against the wall and knocks him out, and then she leaves. Uh, and we think, okay, the where would the phoenix go? So the phoenix goes back to, um, the childhood home that is from the first scene in the movie. Yeah, obviously, that's yeah. what's going to happen because that's that was in the first scene. But I still am getting lights flashing in my head saying, why is that place significant? Just because that's the last time that we as the audience saw the phoenix, what is so traumatic about her past that the phoenix has manifested and that she has to go back to that childhood home? Is it just literally because that's the last place the phoenix remembers?
1: to us yeah exactly I, i'm i'm guessing that's the only thing we that's the only thing that we have and, and again it wasn't really it wasn't explored in the film it's just the assumption that you can kind of take from it it makes sense um in that is that 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 was the last place that phoenix was truly free do you know what I mean and the phoenix is at this stage still under very much underdeveloped she's and again even this is an assumption because we it's not really it's not explored but She's a grown woman to an extent because she's obviously a grown woman, but she's also not. She's not a developed woman. Do you know what I mean? And the last place she was free was at her home. So I let's don't know. go there for some reason. I
0: just thought it would be triggering. Something at that home would be triggering, but it's actually nothing to do with being in that home. That home is just a place where they want the action to take place. Because it's actually Xavier. All, all and Eric. I can
2: think is story-wise in their heads, they probably thought it's come full circle, where the two powers of Xavier and Magneto fought to convince her to join and, you know, become an X-Man or or, or gain control of her powers or whatever. And now they've done it where it's now back again and now it's the Phoenix deciding again and choosing between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So In their heads, it's come full circle, but it felt empty. It didn't feel like it actually came to a, a full circle or conclusion. It just was messy. So what's what's funny is they pulled off what they were trying.
0: I I don't think they pulled it off either. But I think Xavier and Eric at odds is always gold when it comes to X Men movies. Mm. Uh, And Magneto is one hundred percent right. Xavier does want to control Jean, but the irony Mm. is, so does Magneto. You know, they both they both want to control her. Yeah,
1: it's so funny because what like first of all, I'm going to put it out there because I've mentioned it previously as well. I can't get over the don't let anyone else don't let anyone else in. And then Wolverine's like, fuck this, I'm going in. <laughs> and what, 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 what does Juggernaut do? Punches him, takes him out. He, fly, he flies away, then throws him into the house. <laughs> it's like what? he said don't let anyone else in. Why are you throwing him into the house? I genuinely thought, okay, maybe no, no, I watched that
0: wrong. Maybe there's another house. Maybe that's what that is.
1: No, 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 no. We threw him into the house. <laughs>
0: You gotta remember, Magneto's nuts. only just recruited Juggernaut. He hasn't like checked his CV. I'd have been like, "So why? <laughs> h- how did you get captured again? Oh, cause you're a fucking moron."
1: I'm like, "Bro, you're still under probation. You know, like d- d- one more mistake and you're out." <laughs> but I've, I've got um, my note on this was I've written, I've written, I've written this down word for word. Well done, Magneto, you flappy mouth fuck. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like. <laughs> it's like, you killed Charles. Why are you sitting there? Why are you surprised that this now now almost deity who decides, I want to do what the fuck I want to do. And you're like, yes, you do what the fuck you want to do. No, Gene, don't. What, what do you mean, no, Gene, don't? You literally just said he was trying to control her. now you're like, no, Gene, don't.
0: Your eyes think are fucking vaporized. Yeah, they make him so, such an idiot in this film. He's got no He's
1: such an he's such an idiot. Why is he flipping and flopping? Like literally, I was like, you flappy mouth? Fuck. Yep. Shit. No Charles. No Charles. Yeah. You try you try to control her and you stop her, and then she kills him. Gene, what are you doing? um, you know what you said. What the fuck I want.
0: <laughs> well, it gets worse at the end of the scene, but um I'm throwing two bollocks cards out in this scene. Ooh, ooh. Because one is uh, to do with the execution of the the filming, um, because when you get into the house and Wolverine and Juggernaut are having a fight, Wolverine is thrown through the ceiling, in a straight line, mm. and somehow he comes down in a different room. What the fuck? He went straight up. How did he curve,
2: and and go like ten <laughs> ten oh, yeah. yards to? What? Oh. He went up. He How threw him he up. Have... Enough momentum to come back down through the floor again. Like, how weak was the floor in the room above? I, I mean, he I, exits and comes back. I, I would. I get you. He, yeah.
0: he should have gone up and then either like got trapped in the hole that he came in through, or just fell right back down through that hole, or hit like the side, you know, of of the hole. But he literally gets thrown up, and the I mean the 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 editing is so bad that he goes up and like literally you see his. You see his, like his, the material of his uh, uniform, like a split second, and then a split second later, he falls through the ceiling about ten yards away.
1: Is <laughs> the funny thing? Um, in terms of the editing, because they had so little time to shoot this film, post production started on the same day production started. So they filmed the scenes and then literally sent them off to editing on the same day. They needed to get shit out. They literally had about a year to do this entire film.
0: We we all um, were really shocked uh, when we were in the cinema and we watched uh, Gene kill Xavier. It makes a it makes for a huge moment. The Phoenix has been unleashed.
2: I mean, yeah, it, you've also got to validate your bad guy, so well, the only way to show off power quickly is to get her to kill someone well, strong. Well, and you are like, oh,
0: here comes Bollocks Card Number Two. You've just established that the Phoenix cannot be tamed. She's just killed the main character, the biggest anchor towards, you know, good in, in the battle for good versus evil in the entire X-Men universe. That's a big midpoint shift. The Phoenix is loose. No, she's not. She fucking joins Magneto. Makes no sense. Ah, oh, bro.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Of all the, and it's like, she literally walks out with him. And it's like, of all the people, it seemed like she suffered from trauma from killing, from killing Charles. And just decided to
0: leave the first person in the room. That that is a, a terrible narrative choice. You you've just sacrificed your most important character in the entire film, which to make a huge statement that this is that, that this exactly. is a force to be reckoned with. And it's like, well, actually, she's she's really thick because you know she wanted to make a statement that she can't be controlled, and then she leaves with Magneto. Yeah. Fucking. I don't know.
1: I don't
0: know. Dumb. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I didn't know. like this
2: scene know. overall.
0: So that's two of my three bollocks cards done. This scene is everything that was wrong with this film.
2: <laughs> <In a laughs> it just, I just don't... I, just I think don't, I liked it because like it was it exciting. Was, <laughs> <laughs> it raised the pulse of this film considerably. Stuff, stuff, happened, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stuff happened. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff, stuff happened,
1: happened, basically. But I, I don't know. It, just, it was some weird choices. Really, really weird choices for me.
0: It gets it gets weirder in terms of choices because this film is like defying all the rules and not in a good way of how to tell us a sick story. So it's like this should be the the point. This should be the end of the second act where everything is lost. We're at our lowest point, and this propels us into the third act. But it's not because the fucking cure thing hasn't been mentioned in over fifteen minutes. You know, you still forget that that is a, that's a thing in this film, and that takes another fifteen minutes to get up to speed Sorry, on what's happening with that. Just... You know, it's not the it's not the end of the the second act at all. It's just like somewhere in the middle, and you know, we get this part where we're at the school and Xavier's having a memorial, and everyone's feeling guilty and and bad because Xavier's dead. And I'm thinking of, look, if I were on the board of governors for the school, I'd be very concerned. The parents should at least get a fucking letter. <laughs> the headmaster was just obliterated by psychic a psychic force. It's a no school day tomorrow. <laughs> you know there's also gonna be it's further no details. There's also gonna be further details in the school newsletter. You know, like It's
1: a no school day tomorrow.
0: <laughs> like an inset day. day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a no school day tomorrow. <laughs> I think he just compared Charles and Xavier's death
0: to an insect <laughs> name. <laughs> That's how it's treated. It's like That's fucking brilliant. It's like the school goes on as oh, usual. Shit. Like, surely the parents need to be yeah. informed. This is still a school for fuck's
1: it, sake. It, it, it's true. I tell you what, the other funny thing is about it as well is like, and I'm, people are probably going to disagree with me in this. And I've, I've like, in the third film for me, personally, and I've actually written this down, I feel like there's a rela- relationship is lacking between Charles and Eric. Because Charles Xavier has done more for mutants than you'll ever know. Okay, but you were happy to be like, "Oh yeah, cool. He's he's dead now. Like, now I get the Phoenix." Do you know what I mean it's like, bro? What are you chatting about? Like, you didn't give a shit that he died. You tried to you kill him go, in the yeah, previous fuck. two films. I've got it. I've got the pho- exactly, I've, got, I've got the Phoenix now. Do you know what I mean it's like I don't? What are you chatting about, Eric? He's just he's so he's so wishy washy in this, and it gets worse. Like, you know, with the, with the he, porn, it
0: gets he, worse. He's, 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 an, he's the epitome of, of a wet lettuce in this. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, after interrogating a depowered mystique, the FBI discover Magneto's base in the woods. However, the life forms in the camp are all decoy copies of multiple man. Magneto and the Brotherhood have gone to storm Alcatraz by using his magnetic manipulation powers to reroute the Golden Gate Bridge. The remaining X-Men confront the Brotherhood despite being significantly outnumbered and arrive just as the military troops, who thus far have been neutralizing the attacking mutants, are overwhelmed by the Brotherhood. During the fight, Kitty Pride saves Jimmy from Juggernaut, who has been sent to kill him by Magneto. Logan has Colossus throw him at Magneto and distract him long enough for hank mccoy to inject minito with the cure and thus nullify his powers the phoenix is awakened and begins to destroy alcatraz and anyone within range of her powers i think that last sentence is really important because i don't understand the rules of this movie the phoenix what is the range of her powers like she's just she she, she's just disintegrating people within like a couple of yards in front of her
1: she's she basically just a force like I don't I she
0: can't she just be like all of you like just fuck off and just burn everyone all at once I I
1: I, it, yeah, not, she, I don't, she's I sending don't... messages to Wolverine
2: yeah. and she, she's affecting people miles away she's stronger than a Xavier and can do what Xavier could do she definitely I think had the ability to and it's just a shame that the film you know the story went so far so he didn't explore anything that's exciting for her, I think. So how about that Golden Gate Bridge? Man, what was the point? That just felt so... It was such a cool scene to watch and I loved watching Magneto do stuff like that. But to me, it took up so much time with the film of him doing it and like the Super Saiyan leveling up of like pulling all the beams off. I was like, it's a cool visual, but all they did was transport themselves to the edge of the island. You know, that was really it. It's like, oh, I have built a bridge. I'm like, why did you build a bridge? Why did you need a bridge?
0: That whole bridge would you have, have took all of disintegrated. You there. The moment just drop the, the fucking bridge. The moment on the, the
2: fucking building.
0: <laughs> uh, uh,
2: yeah, so true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is what I don't understand. I, I'm, that entire. It was just so. Why show something of that magnitude? Like you said. Yeah. Drop, drop the entire bridge on the entire on the whole. So, all these pawns, so, perfect example, they've got this machine, they've got this, this weapon where they, it throws it, they shoot it in the air and it, and it spins and it shoots out the cure, and people. but you can block it with metal, right? So, that, that proves that you can block it with metal and stop it, cool, okay? So, you have an entire bridge, right? You're all on top of the bridge, right? If they were going to shoot you, they'd have to shoot underneath the bridge, right? So, even if they all had these weapons and stuff like that, All you literally need to do, like you said, is just drop the entire bridge onto everyone, right? Then, okay, you you then decide to make a bridge for whatever reason. I'm not too sure why as well, because I'm assuming all the people that are with you are already on the bridge. So why do you need to make a bridge from the mainland to the island anyway? Why not just transport a little part of the bridge over? Okay, cool, fine, ignore that, whatever. So you get there and you are the master of metal, okay? Now, fair enough, you can't control their um guns etc whatever but i'm looking at metal structures but okay cool you'll let the pawns go anyway For you let the pawns go safe then okay ignore that you also have the phoenix what what she does she does nothing she doesn't okay cool fine ignore that then finally the massive massive weapon or the massive kind of destruction is when magneto starts doing cars and then pyro um starts uh set them on fire and they're basically almost like like meteors and no, no one knows what to do and everyone has had hide. Why didn't you open with that? You, the, it's a, what yes. annoying. What's annoying with that scene is the fact that he showed how powerful he is by moving the bridge and then decides, do you know what? You see all that power? I'm going to do nothing. Exactly. As a choice, what I will not the help the pawns. I will it do was, nothing. I, I will watch helped. mutants get fucking depowered. I will send the pawns that I don't, uh, now, now I've proven that I don't really give a shit about.
2: I've what? lived my life to free these people and to get them to fight for me and to, to have mutants as the next, you know, generation of you know, evolution. Just, uh, to then backtrack and be like, no, 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 the pawns go for I was like, what the fuck? That doesn't, it's not quite what I thought Magneto was, but... But that, that
0: never ever has I it been it. more of a, you know, like a, a lazy um, reversal of a person's character. He's like... What? Why? You previously in this film, you have a hundred percent committed. Not, not even like just to not to the people in front of you, but the audience who are watching this film know for a fact that you're serious. That you want mutants to survive, and you want Mm. the you know everyone who joins you is is a part of the brotherhood. They're one of you, right? You've you've literally hit us over the head with it so many times, and you've argued with Charles uh, to the point where, you know, one of you had to go because you, know, you really wanted mutants to be free. So why are you sending them to their deaths? Especially when none of them had to die because all that you needed not was the Phoenix. Not
1: a one, not a one. All he needed was himself, oh, for Christ's sake. I'm, tra- I'm chucking out two bollocks cards there. I'm sorry.
3: Ooh. One for his character.
1: I'm checking out two. One for his fucking yep. character because it's bullshit. I'm sorry. It's absolute nonsense. And then two for the, for the execution of that. It's like, let me show you all this power that I myself have. And I've got the Phoenix. And I've got this army of mutants. And I'm, what I'm going to do is build a bridge and use them as cannon fodder. Get lost, bro. That's, another, that's, another, that's yeah. two bollocks cards. One for your character and one for the execution. It's useless.
2: Can't really disagree. Yeah, it's absolutely, it was ridiculous. I, I don't and know then, why they decided the that turn fight was a chess game.
1: Absolutely, I and
2: don't they stuck it. to it. It made no sense.
1: And then the X Men turn up, and it's like, i not. I don't. don't want to check out another bonus card. But then the X Men turn up. Now, their introduction, like, that was brilliant in my opinion, in terms of the fact that, um, literally, from from a from a from a, from a theatrical look, visual standpoint, purely purely that. And I kind of like the symbolism of. The x-men being the line between humanity and the, and the mutants uh kind of being uh, standing that middle ground but again first and foremost why they played superman music in the background pretty much it was was baffling it literally sounds I think, like superman, i think that was a fuck you to uh
0: to, go, to brian singer
1: gen- genuinely <laughs> go back go back to one minute one minute i i know it on this go to one one hour 15 minutes and i've literally put superman music um question mark question mark question mark when they arrive, because it literally sounds like Superman music. That's the first thing. And then secondly, it was like, I'm sorry, but uh, Bobby said it great, there's six six of them. There's six of them against an army of mutants and Magneto and the Phoenix. Sorry, I don't care. I get your Wolverine and I get your Bobby Drake and I get who you are. Yours is getting wiped. And let's face it, I'm sorry, but the American military was sat there, right? Why did... (laughs) I guarantee they'd just shot the X-Men in the fucking ass if they could with the cure. Let's,
2: make, like, let's face Absolutely. it. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Come on now. And, and they would've hit, shot everyone. Why would they be like, oh, we let these mutants off, it's like, no. Who the
1: fuck, I mean, you're, you're, you're serving the military. There's mutants everywhere, right? And then some other leather crab mutants stand up. I'm like, yo, fuck these guys. I'm shooting everybody, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I'm putting cases on all you motherfuckers.
0: <laughs> 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 Fuck's sake, man, you're amateur. The whole uh the 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 whole ending scene where the American military are involved, you know when you just see all the you get you get this canned not canned, the uh, stock footage of 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 soldiers running out of rooms and running about and screaming. It looked like something from Austin Powers. <laughs> you know in Austin Powers where I all like was, the anonymous yeah, guards just absolutely. come absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
2: And... It's like it's like stock footage.
0: Yeah, stock. Generic it's soldiers. Just, there's just so yeah. many
1: parts. There is literally just so many parts, but there's like at one point when it's, it's, it's like Jean, you know, like where it's like almost after the battle, Jean has, has wiped out all the, a, a lot of the military that have arrived, uh, you know, the ground troops that have arrived. And she flies into the center and, and it's like, you, you see, they do, they do like a, a, an aerial shot of the, of the battlefield and there's like no one I'm like, where, where are all the people? Mm. It's like, you're not, you're, not, you're not telling me the six X-Men took out everyone. Because they, they, they couldn't have. No. And it's like, I just, I don't, I don't, it just, it just doesn't make sense. And then you got like, Magneto stood there the entire time. And it's, 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 just, it's just such an inefficient fight. Like, he, he sees Iceman, like stop uh, a, a missile or, or a car or something like that. And he looks at Pyro and he's like, Go just wipe him <laughs> out man just you, this this is not a this, this ain't no game you just take it on the american military like, bro. like really come shit on chess. honestly like you are you, just, are, you suck <laughs> <laughs> you're sacrificing all the wrong fucking why play chess when you have the power to flip the table boom um,
0: oh wow yeah. what a waste of my what a waste of That's fucking amazing. time ian you haven't thrown any bollocks cards yet
2: uh, you've thrown them in the two places in the film <laughs> one was when Wolverine was climbing <laughs> over the ceiling in the house yeah. and the other one was this was Magneto just standing there I thought fucking you said, enraged so, me I thought
0: you said when uh, she she threw Wolver- oh we haven't got there yet have we okay um, oh yeah oh that's coming yeah. don't you worry <laughs> I'd like yeah. to I, 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 I came I, for G <laughs> <laughs> I would like to throw a bollocks card out but I'm not going to because I've got something more egregious to, to do later but just you know, Archangel's story finishes when he he goes. He first of all he goes to Xavier's mansion because he wants to join the uh, you know the, the sanctity of the the school. And then next thing you know, he saves his dad from fly, from falling off a building or being thrown from a building, and that's it. What uh, that's
2: you? redemption right there. His dad hated mutants, and he gets saved by. Oh no, wait! He got thrown off the roof by mutants as well, so it doesn't count. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't even. I didn't even get like at the very end again to kind of to jump. Sorry to jump ahead, but at the end because it still relates to Archangel, where they have him fly across the remnants of the bridge, and and it's like someone's looking at him, and, and there's like in <laughs> the
0: background. I'm like, he, what does this? What what the fuck? What the fuck is this? What does this mean? It was basically him now taking over, saying, "I'm singing,
3: <laughs> I'm singing, I'm singing." Pretty much, I'm <laughs> singing.
0: That's literally
1: what it was. I'm singing. It, the whole the whole film is just people singing. Literally is. Ah, oh, it's
2: just, I don't, I don't
1: know, it just made, it made, it meant nothing.
0: Logan realises that only he can stop the phoenix due to his healing factor and adamantium skeleton. When Logan approaches her, Jean momentarily gains control and begs him to save her and everyone else by killing her. Logan fatally stabs Jean, killing the phoenix, but mourns her death. Sometime later, mutant's rights are finally obtained and Xavier's school is still operating with Storm as headmistress. The President of the United States appoints McCoy as ambassador to the United Nations. Rogue reveals to Bobby Drake that she has taken the cure, much to his disappointment, but they hold hands. Meanwhile, Magneto, Magneto sits at a chessboard in San Francisco, seemingly human and weak, as Magneto gestures towards a metal chess piece. It wobbles slightly. In a post credit scene, Moira McTaggart checks on a comatose patient who greets her with Xavier's voice, leaving her startled. Right, okay.
1: I, 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 need, I need this film to do better than Superman Returns, but I'm chucking out another
0: bollocks card. Wait, how many is that for you now? That's all three. Uh, okay.
1: Why the, why the fuck is the greatest terrorist of all humankind sat at a fucking chess table in a park?
0: <laughs> no one recognises him without his helmet. <laughs> Are you fucking serious?
2: Yeah, yeah. Fuck off. No way. Absolute Filly, bollocks. Fully agree. There's no way Magneto. Absolute bollocks. Free, regardless of the He's the greatest
1: terrorist of human history. And he sat at a park playing yes. chess.
2: Get lost. Bollocks. <laughs> yeah. And it's not subtle. My uh my bollocks was I hinted at it earlier. Was to be fair, before we get before we get into my bollocks, a little bit before that, I truly love bollocks. that they work together and how they how they <laughs> yeah. How they brought down Magneto, I actually liked. I was like, that's yeah, actually yeah, cool with You've yeah. got them all working I lo- together I love that it stabbed him
1: with not, we're not one, two, beast. or three, but four yeah. fucking four. injections. It's like, talk about yeah. overkill.
0: <laughs> and yeah, he's still the first fucker yeah. to get his powers back. And
3: he's still the first one to get his powers back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I was all down for that, but the, the bollocks for me is is... It's just... I, uh, going back to the first two films of them just being I absolutely truly loved Wolverine. Wolverine has been incredible in this trilogy. Absolutely brilliant. But this film wasn't his time. And why the fuck he's able to kill Phoenix? Like, maybe maybe the Phoenix has been built up in my head from, from media outside of this film. But fuck off was he able to get anywhere fucking near her to do that. They They didn't sell enough in my opinion for her to be Gene to let him do it he didn't do anything 100%
1: just walks up to her slowly and all of a
2: sudden she's like
0: 100% well this is this. thank you for introducing my third and final bollocks card because what this this scene the ending of this film is established which I'm not sure is true at all in fact it's not true because we've seen um You know, in future we saw Logan, the film. Uh, But it's established that the rule is that Wolverine is immortal and cannot be killed by anything, ever, no matter what. So, she just... All that power, and she's barely, like, scratching the skin off
2: of him. You know, you see a bit of... She's able to to disintegrate everything and pull everything apart to its atoms so there's nothing left, except for Wolverine. Fuck you. Except for adamantium, No. no. I'm sorry. It's just ridiculous.
0: Yep. And, oh, and his trousers. Because, yeah. Pull, pull, uh, out, oh, oh. pull out everything apart. I'm,
1: here's a funny thing. I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry to tell you. Trousers. It's so funny <laughs> you mentioned that. Because I meant, I was like, how strategic that she managed to rip out all his clothes except anything that may show his his actual body. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, come on. I was exactly thinking the same
0: thing as well. I mean, just the the, the whole... The whole ending sucks. I mean, you know, so Jean came back to life and now she's dead. We never got an explanation as to why that journey happened. Do
1: you know yeah. one thing as well that is like, I know I'm being incredibly petty, incredibly petty, right? Well, that's just you all over. Anthony. I hate, I, <laughs> I hate that they kept calling Colossus Pete. It, it, it really, really pissed me off because it just so Americanized him. It's like his name is Pyotr, and it's like why, why, why are they Americanized? The only one of the only few kind of openly European characters. He's from. Oh, I need. You should I, be happy I they acknowledged him the at all. Oh, <laughs> absolute <laughs> madness! And uh, he's Russian. His name is Pyotr Nikolayevich Nik, Nik, Rasputin, it, it, and it's like Pete. <laughs> he just kept calling him Pete, and he had an American <laughs> accent as well.
0: You're unbelievable, man you are unfucking believable so now we've completed the x-men trilogy or i mean this film has has completed the x-men trilogy let me ask you guys what would be which which mutant power would you like to adopt from the people we've seen
2: by these film standards uh, i would like to be the omega class wolverine which can just absorb any damage Kill every psychic Omega Class War. <laughs> Omega,
3: Omega
1: Class Wolverine. It that's brilliant.
2: <laughs> nothing, nothing that can fucking stop you, according to these movies. But you, so. you'd be, you'd have to live forever. Like he doesn't die, except. Oh yeah, absolutely. But he's cool. He's chill about it. You know. He's looking... <laughs> I, 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 I got so mad at this film because clearly you can tell that I'm a fan of the Phoenix storyline. But I was so pissed off that. From, the, from these films, I don't know, probably... Um... If, you,
0: if, if you had to live forever, in you'd have to get into some serious shape like Hugh Jackman.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or he wouldn't because he's going to live forever. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be, I mean, it would be uncomfortable. <laughs> that, would be, that would be terrible. He'd be uncomfortable. Oh
0: my God. I, there, was a, there was a bit in this um, movie, I think it was when... Um, yeah, when, when Gene kills Scott, they, it sends a shockwave and they feel it at the mansion... And uh, they all run towards Xavier. You see how Hugh Jackman fucking jumps down like six staircases at once. He
1: uh, he, lat- he, he goes down. He goes he goes down. I I'm funny if I watched that as well actually. And he goes down. He takes like three stairs at a time. Um, it's just like one, two, three, four, five, six. And he's just like, it's, like he could have he could have fallen, but yo, he he moved. They the had
0: to, moved. they had to have t- they had to have um shot that from four different angles as standard, and probably multiple times to make sure they got it. And it, and it was definitely him doing it. I'd be, I would be, my knees would be 900%. fucked. I'd be like, I am not, you know, I've got a back thing. So you- I'm not, I'm not feeling this. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a back thing. <laughs> I, I thought about it um, long and hard. And it, uh, I came to a, 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 it's a sad revelation, but at the same time, I'm thinking I'm over it. Cause I'm, I'm 36 now. I wanted Storm's powers because I just want to be able to control the weather.
1: <laughs> just, that would be brilliant that's, that's a great choice
0: that's, that, that is an over that's, that, that is an over mid
1: 30s uh, I mean I'm with you absolutely with you absolutely I just, with you yeah sometimes I you that that just want sense. that sun to shine um, I think I would we'd probably go with uh, the person called Fat funny enough ph one of the Morlocks, Morlocks his yeah. mutant power was to uh, become very slim at choice <laughs> fucking do me perfectly <laughs> <laughs> He was, the fat, he was the fat dude that when he needed to sit down, he made himself very thin and sat down. I'll fucking take that. That alone. Oh, nice. Brilliant. Yeah, I missed, I missed
0: that. <laughs> all right, well, first of all, for, for those, of the, those of you who I hope aren't just discovering the podcast, please listen to our back catalogue. But we score each film out of 10, as in each of us individually give a score out of 10, which gives us a maximum score out of 30. And our scores are based on how much we enjoyed the movie however we deduct points off the overall score if we throw out a bollocks card which is something that uh, happens if we find that something's happened in the plot that's completely egregious and we can't overlook it so for me
1: i I, I don't i don't want to kind of have to do it but in a way that i do compare this to superman returns and did i enjoy this more than superman returns absolutely admittedly it's the annoying thing, I think, one of the most annoying things about this film is the fact that it had so much potential in what it could do, even within the film's context itself. Um, and funny enough, there's still there's still parts of it that I still kind of enjoy. I didn't I didn't kind of feel myself having to watch it to watch it. It, it just kind of eventually, I just got through it. If that makes sense. Um, and ultimately. Like we've said before, the characters played the the, the characters the best they could. Um, sorry, the actors and the actresses played the characters the best they could. Um, it just kind of suffered more from a lot of the issue with this film suffered more from outside the film itself. It's the production and development and all the issues that I had for that. So ultimately, for me, uh, this film gets a six point five.
0: Oh, six point five, eh? Not bad, okay. Uh, I will say that this film, for me, I have to judge it on... I can judge it on its own merits, and I can also judge it against films of a similar ilk. Um, if I judged it against it, its, the, it, its own merits and, and how good I thought it was, I would be tempted to give this film a 5 out of 10. But uh, as long as other films exist that... I mean, I gave Superman Returns 5 out of 10, and Superman Returns is a worse movie. So I can't give it a 5 out of 10 simply for that reason. There are also redeeming features about this film that still I find good. Like, The Beast was spot on. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, again, I, I don't think any actors apart from Hugh Jackman phoned it in. I think everyone was trying their best to make it uh, a good movie. And... Unlike Superman Returns, I think there was an idea, an initial idea that got corrupted by interference, too many cooks, too many characters, but look, at the end of the day, I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it when we watched it in the cinema. I think I have more, believe it or not, but you know, the way I've acted during this, this recording session speaks otherwise, but I think... Uh, i've grown more tolerant of it since we watched it and yes that's that's yeah yeah that's a good way of putting it that's a good way of putting it. so uh my rating i'm gonna give it a six
2: yeah well i um i remember being really excited for this film uh back when it came out um i remember loving wolverine and everything wolverine was a part of when these films were out as well um so I kind of get what they were doing, but I think the the focus is wrong. It was it was very different going back and watching it again, this time through, and absolutely picking it apart. Like I didn't think it was great. I think when we first watched it, um, but I've never not enjoyed watching a, a, a an X Men film. All of them I've seen them all, uh, other than Wolverine Origin. Sorry, but um, I've always enjoyed them, and I think I continue to keep watching them all. Um, I've always enjoyed X-Men, so I think I might be biased. This film, I just wish they had picked one plot and stuck with it and explored it rather than splitting it between the two. Um, well, if they had dropped The Dark Phoenix, I would have enjoyed the the um, Magneto story and vice versa. So overall, okay. Uh, it wasn't it w- wasn't painful to watch. Um, so I'd be getting a yeah. six for me. So Anton gave it a six.
0: Ben gave it a six. 15. You gave it a six point oh, five. six point five. Six point five.
1: Yeah, the comment, but the comment, the, the it literally was the comic book in me. Um, yeah. Okay. Gave gives
0: it 0. 0.5. It's good because I don't like. I wouldn't like it to be six six six. That's just a bad omen. Um, six. <laughs> so it's eighteen point five, um, initially. However, there were seven bollocks cards thrown, three from Anton. <sighs> three from me, and only one from Ian, which is surprising. So 18.5 minus seven takes us to 11.5. Hmm. It beat Superman at least. Yeah, I'm happy to report yeah. that it has not beat Superman's record. So 11.5 out of 30, that means that uh, with one episode left of the first season of Back to the Pictures... Uh, the top ten looks like this: X Men Three storms no no pun intended into the bottom spot uh, the second from uh, bottom spot with eleven point five out of um, thirty uh, only ahead of Superman Returns with eight out of thirty. Then after that you've got Girl Next Door with seventeen point five, Hitch at twenty point five. Then at number six is Training Debt. Sorry, at number. 5 is Training Day uh, at 22.5. And number 4 is Snatch with 23. And number 3 is Hot Fuzz with 24.5. God. And then number 2 is 300 with
2: 25 out of <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that film. Yeah, of course. I, you might, have to get, I might have to give that a watch after this. What a prick. <laughs> And then number 1 is
0: still The Departed. 26 out of 30. The Departed. Yeah, the de- padded. So usually we do a blind reveal of our next episode by having an MP3 file numbered anonymously from 1 to 40. Uh, we usually pick a number and play the file corresponding to that number. However, due to unexpected laptop issues, uh, it's out of commission today and therefore don't have the files at hand. So uh, before the podcast began, we three decided to give ourselves a gift in honor of our upcoming uh, last episode of the season, and we just fucking chose the movie. So what are you going to do about it? And uh, that's the movie that we're going to review next week. So who wants to drop the bomb? <laughs> 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 and I thought my intros were bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, they never
1: do something. They for- can do something. Let's something. Never do it for free
0: if there's anyone out there in the world that doesn't know what we're talking about <laughs> I, would, I would like to direct so you away from the podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's right next week's season finale is The Dark Knights.
2: because this is the podcast our fans deserve but probably not the one that they listen to right now <laughs> <laughs> so you can hurt us in the comments because we can take it <laughs>
3: Really,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. I honestly cannot wait to do this film. It's going to be incredible, yeah.
2: amazing. <laughs> it's so funny, because because
1: it's, it's not the hero. It's not the it's not the podcast you deserve. It's the one you need. But right, but don't des- do, no, do deserve. But no, it's need the one that right you now. Deserve
0: that you didn't know you needed, but then no, no, that doesn't the so much. This but then you right wanted now. It. exactly. <laughs>
2: It has to be one of the most misquoted lines, I'm sure. Like,
0: Absolutely. I mean, it, I, just because no one understands it. This is, that is, that, look, that is Christopher Nolan in a nutshell. Does anybody, did he even understand what tenant was? I'm not even saying the name of the film right. Tenant. 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 It's not
1: even a word. Tenant. Oh, it's the same way forwards as it is backwards. I just
2: got it. Palindrome. You're life. God. Some films should come with a manual, is what I'm saying. <laughs> so.
0: all, all, all Christopher Nolan films. I told you, when we watched Memento for the first time, I don't know if you remember, but I, I accidentally sat on the controller, lost the place, and couldn't find where we were in the film.
2: Yeah, and we gave up. It was like, we're out. Yeah, I'm, I'm not watching that no. again, again, and again, <laughs> and again, again.
0: <laughs> it was already too much... During the actual <laughs> film itself. If,
2: if we were going to restart, I was going to start writing on my body every scene that's just happened. <laughs> 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 so that we lost our place again.
1: It's <laughs> oh, brilliant. That's absolutely
0: brilliant. Oh, it's just about that time where we got to make like Anne and Hathaway too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry. Brilliant. <laughs>
0: I'm running out of these, but uh, yeah, it just leaves me to thank my co-hosts, Anton. Well done, Fibble. Well done. And Ian. In jest, the pawns go (laughs) fast. Amen. Amen to that. Uh, (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And remember, folks, your futures haven't been written yet. No one's has. Your next movie is whatever you make it. So make it a good one.